everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. It's a new year, but we're still the same us. Wait, we didn't say who we are. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're interviewing one of our favorite people, Kelly Brown. Yeah. So we're going to talk with her and we're going to tell you everything about us. But first... This episode is brought to you by Knight, the makers of our favorite pillow, and a bunch of other amazing sleep products. So we're going to tell you more about them in the episode, but if you want to take 20% off your order, head to discoverknight.com and enter code BOP20. So today is New Year's Day. In the future. In the future. So we are recording this a little bit in advance because obviously we're taking time off to be with our families and things over the holiday. But we're here. It's New Year's Day. New Year, same us? New us? I don't know. New and improved us. New and improved us. So what is your high of this week? So my high is that we were featured in New and Noteworthy for Apple Podcast, which is on the homepage. If you go into iTunes in the podcast section, it's like it's hard to the miss. main section. Yeah. And so we were featured like two weeks ago, and now we're kind of just lingering, hanging on to the charts. And first of all, it's like a crazy honor. It's a huge honor. I guess that means we're noteworthy because we're not new. Yes. And we also had a goal for the podcast that I thought was kind of crazy. We said that we were going to 5X our downloads. And we did it. And we did it. Yeah. And I'm kind of shocked. Sometimes I pick these goals. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that. or I'm going to do this. And then I'm I'm like, I don't know if this is going to happen. But we did it. We did it. And I'm I'm very excited. I just I feel overall so positive about where the podcast went in 2019. And I'm excited to see how it evolves in 2020 because I don't think I could have even predicted some of the things that happened in 2019 at the beginning of the year. Yeah, same. So my high is also that. But it was a good year. It was also my best year of blogging. I was looking at my little year in review um, that Forecard sent out. And on Instagram, I grew oh almost 30,000 followers this year. That's great. So hi, if you're new and you started following me this year. That's amazing. Yeah. It's fun taking this time to reflect and look at like all of the year end data. I always do a post on my blog with like the year in review and then like goals for the following year. So I'm like looking back on that and like seeing how I measured up. Yeah. It's fun. What about on the low side? On the low side, I just left all my Christmas shopping to the last minute. So I've just been doing a lot of running around and like getting things for people. And I always say I'm not going to do this. I mean, I'm a blogger and I'm like creating all these beautiful gift guides for everyone else to do their shopping. And then I'm not buying anything. (laughs) So I kind of failed, but I think I redeemed myself. I got Becca. Becca, tell them what I got you. It's a good present. Grace got me a light bright and she got me glitter gel pens yeah but i'm smelling my present from becca becca got me body wash (laughs) i got her very expensive body wash but what's the other thing that i got you she got me earrings that are shaped like miniature iced coffees with a dunkin donut logo on them like if there was a dollhouse with like miniature like if the doll drank duncan this would be the perfect size coffee it, I, I'm telling They're you, the, the world of Etsy Dunkin' Donut things is is wider than I thought. But I'm literally going to take a shower when we finish recording because I love this. She got me the Fleur d'Oranger, um, which is orange blossom fragrance shower gel from Lil Labo, which obviously like Lil Labo is one of my favorite places to buy perfume. But this shower gel is insane. It's pretty good. I love body wash. Love being clean. <laughs> I, I love that your love for body wash is so broad. Yes. Like, you don't just have one favorite body wash. You have seven. I've got a lot. I have to clean out my shower before I go home for the holidays because mm. there's too many body washes right now. Mm. Um, so my low is I'm having some work anxiety right now, mm. which you've heard a ton about in real life. But I, I've been so lucky because 
I've been freelancing for about a year and a half and it has gone really smoothly in terms of just like every time I end with another client, like I end with one client, like I already have something lined up. Yeah. And it's just been like one in, one out. It's been super great. And um, going into January, well, so first I was supposed to wrap up with a client, but I'm kind of like going halvesies on them. Mm -hmm. So going into January, I have like one and a half clients. And then after that, I don't really have something planned after the half ends. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just kind of feeling, I don't like the uncertainty. And I think that my experience freelancing has largely been positive because I haven't had to deal with this anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of getting my first taste of it a year and a half in. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this at all. It's and I'm sure that it's just a hard time of year because like everyone's trying to finish up everything for this year. They're like trying to go on vacation. So like nobody's lining things up. But you you know what you should do is talk to our friend Alex because Alex had her own freelance PR career and now she works in-house for a company. But she used to every time this year like have a complete meltdown about work. And she was like – I just remember her every single year. And so it got to a point where I was like, Alex, like I feel like I'm going to record this conversation with you to play you next year because every year it was the same thing and every year she was fine. Okay. I – Literally talk to her. It's so, I will. Yeah. But, I think it'll make you feel better because I know you're going to be fine, but I also understand. Yeah. I'm like freaking out a little. I, I think I have it on my list for January 6th, the first Monday after New Year's, to like send an email to a bunch of contacts and be like, by the way, I'm looking for clients. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't like this feeling. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's 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 nerve wracking. It's your livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's – I'm. I think I'm being a little dramatic and preemptive about it because it's like I'm fine for January. Usually two is my happy place. So I'm at one and a half. So it's like it's fine. It's not like I'm making no money. Yes. You're not going to be destitute. No. But but still. Yeah. I don't know. That's the biggest downfall I find with what we're doing. And like I don't have a full January plan for my blog. Like I have enough work lined up. It's going to be a slower month though. Yeah. But it's like – November and December were bananas. So it's so it's just so it's so nerve wracking when you don't have. But I don't have the highs and the lows that your business has. Like my yeah. November and December was regular. Yeah. You know? okay. So. Yeah. It, yeah. That makes sense. OK. It's different. But I, I relate to the anxiety. Yeah. It's more what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Let's have a quick desperation minute and then let's talk to Kelly. Yeah. So guys, if you like this podcast, please, please leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram. Um, You can join the Bad on Paper Facebook group. You can follow Becca M. Freeman. You can follow Grace Atwood. Becca needs swipe up links. So I'm getting close, guys. You're getting She's getting so close to 10,000. So follow. I mean, follow all of us, but follow Becca, too. New Year, same desperation. Yeah. And please leave us a review. It's the best thing you can do if you love a podcast. Let's talk to Kelly. Yes. We are so excited to have Kelly Brown here with us today. So Kelly is a multi-hyphenate. She is the founder of And I Get Dressed. Um, she has an amazing YouTube channel. She's an Instagram influencer. You can find her at It's Me Kelly B and at uh, And I Get Dressed. And she's also a brand consultant. She's also a body pod. 
positivity activist. Last year, she started the Fat at Fashion Week hashtag, which went viral and was all over the internet. Besides being very accomplished, Kelly is incredibly stylish and has an absolutely beautiful apartment. I want to talk. We didn't talk about your apartment before you yeah. got here. Um, I want her to come over and redo my place. It's so pretty. Like, I'm in. Look at. <laughs> every, I'm I'm excited. Everyone else, go look at Kelly's Instagram because her apartment is epic. Um, but we're so happy to have her here. So we're obviously based in New York. She's in LA. We've been trying to get you on for like a year, I want to say. It's been like a year. I used yeah. to live here. I moved in yeah. February. Yeah. And yeah, so it's been a little tough, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm so excited. We're like so excited. We got serious about guests and then you moved and then it was like, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I'm across the country. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait, so Kelly, we introduced you, but we want to hear from you. Can you tell us in your own words who you are? Like, how would you describe yourself? I'm Kelly Brown. Um, yeah, so I am um, a, a longtime New York liver. I don't even know how you would explain that. I'm, I'm from Philly, but I moved to New York like basically right after school. So I've been here my entire adult life. Um, I started out working in um, inter- uh, events and entertainment and that moved into fashion. And then I was working in fashion PR um, and so, yeah, when I started doing my blog before, you know, that 2012, 2011 time when it, there wasn't an influencer, like yeah. we, we were just bloggers, you when know? When did you start yours? I started it in 2011, I think, mm-hmm. but I didn't do it seriously until 2012, like actually yeah. get like a proper website yeah. and like not do it once a year type thing. Mm-hmm. But I started regularly in 2012. Wait, which came first, your blog or your YouTube? blog. Okay. And so when I first, the funny thing is when I first started my blog, it was called Fashion Insider. There was this whole like play on the word fat and fashion back then. And it was before everyone renamed themselves their actual name or something kind Mm -hmm. of cooler. (laughs) Um, And so I had a blog and I had a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, I started them at the same time, but it was one of those things coming from PR and like, especially production. I like what was in my mind's eye and what I was like technically capable of. I never... Um, the two never met when it came to YouTube. So I wanted these like videos that I was used to producing for like a client that cost you know six oh, figures. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd be like, this looks terrible. So I just stopped. <laughs> and so, but everyone's was terrible back then, you mm-hmm. know, so I should have just kept with it. Um, and then when I changed my blog name to Anna Get Dressed in 2012, um, I decided to focus on the blog. And I'm kind of glad that I did because I think that YouTube is so specific. It sort of skews your point of view a little bit. Um, and I'm glad that I like was more like a blog image and fashion heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I relaunched a YouTube channel um, about a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. There's so few like grownups on YouTube, I feel for like. Sure, for yeah. sure. It's all 23-year-olds. And or 15-year-olds. Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. And sometimes that's fine. But, you know, when you're taking makeup advice from some girl who's going to her sorority formal, and you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Where are exactly. the grownups? Um, that's 100% missing. And I think also, like, fashion fashion people, like yeah. New York fashion, and this is not to, like, be, you know, elitist in any way or anything like that, but it's very different. You know, like, actual fashion industry versus, like, 
hey, I'm, you know, just in my living room trying things on. I'm trying this brand. I'm not really sure versus like, I feel like in New York, especially like the bloggers who cover fashion are a little bit more fashion authority. Like we know the brands, we know the people behind the brands. We Mm -hmm. have like, most of us have some sort of history working in the industry, whether it was like on the marketing PR side or branding or something. Um, so that is totally missing from YouTube. And I think the people who follow me, um, my core demographic is like 25 to 35 Mm -hmm. and then it fringes younger and infringes older pretty evenly. Um, and I think that, you know, pretty much anyone can get something. Cause I think I'm sort of at that place in my life where I'm a grown up, but I also can appeal to youth culture, but also grown ups can recognize the adultness in me. So it's, it works, it's working out. I feel I feel that way too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we're all in the same like yeah. realm. Wait, so you were you were talking for a little bit about being a grown up. So you had a fifteen year career in P- PR and events. I LinkedIn stalked you as I wrote this. So yeah. I want to hear a little bit about that too. Um, so I was like this weird. I don't know, like. I don't know. People used to say like PR prodigy because I started so young. Like I started working in events when I was 17. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, cause I would, I was in Philadelphia and I was writing for these websites and I wanted to cover nightlife. So I was just like basically pretending to be <laughs> grown <laughs> so I could go cover these DJs and stuff. Um, and I remember I was in a club that I had like worked in for a couple years and then it was actually my 21st birthday. And they were like, how old are you? And I was like, 21. <gasps> and they were like, no, stop playing. And I was like, no, oh really? God. But also, so, yeah, you're yeah. like, I've just been illegally coming uh, here. Just casual, no big deal. Um, so, yeah, I worked in, um, like, during school, um, interning, um, and then right after school. And I also graduated early. I was, mm-hmm. like, 17. So this is a weird – but I started right away. Um, and um, it was really incredible. Like, I worked at this agency where I was, like, just – like an account supervisor and then I made it to being a VP there Mm -hmm. um, pretty quickly. I was only there for six years or something like that. Wow. Um, Is this in New York or Philadelphia? mm -hmm, Yeah. In New York. And um, we had clients like Evian Water and Hint Water all the way to like Snoop Dogg and Khalees. And then we also had um, like we did gen art back in the day, like when oh, it was, I remember them. Yeah. I used to go to all their film festivals. Yeah, and so they were like launching the careers of like Rebecca Taylor and Millie and Zach Posen and all these people. Um, they were like more established then, but they had like kicked those people off, and so that was the type of stuff I was doing event wise. And then I worked on a couple of like plus size brands. A lot of the first plus size stories um, in magazines were came from my team because we were like demanding that magazines would feature like a size 14 pair of pants on a page. The first one was in style and the second one was glamour. Whoever like covered it outside of just something being on Queen Latifah or something. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what year that was? I, uh, 2009. Yeah. I'm just, I was just curious because I feel like we've come really far. So far, but it it, was, it didn't recent. Yeah. It's really recent. You would think that, um, you would think that, um, this was obvious, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't. So when did you make the leap to working for yourself full time? Um, Right around that same time. So I 
was going to switch agencies and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then a couple of clients just said, well, we'll, um, you know, can you freelance for us? And so I did that for like a year while I was trying to figure it out. And then it, it just sort of accidental because I kept getting like referred business after business. So it just sort of was trickling. And then I was like, let me pause. Like, what do I actually want to do? Because I'm just, you know, going from one project to the next. And um, it and without like really like putting real effort behind it. And so I um, started seeing as a publicist, we were like pitching bloggers. And I was like, what is this? This is so funny. And it's funny because I saw a couple of people um, who are actually my very good friends now, like Gabby Fresh and Nicolette Mason, um, who were like, just kind of kicking off their thing, but you know, people were paying attention. And I thought, this is cool. I want to like do this. And I thought I would have an interesting point of view because I was still at the time very much like doing shows and, you know, planning events and working, you know, brands on the PR side. So I didn't really stop consulting um, till recently. I'll do it here and there, like project wise. But um, one of my clients was Swimsuits for All, and I created the Gabby Fresh collection. Like I, oh, that was you. Yeah, that that's was so cool. Yeah, it was um, sort of my brainchild. Of course, Gabby made it what it is because she's yeah. amazing, and um, she had the the genius of the galaxy bathing suit. I'll never forget that moment. But yeah, they were a client of mine and they were like, what should we do? We need to attract younger people. And I was like, you need to do a collab with this girl. She's amazing. So that was something that I sort of like the idea, you know, from inception to execution and then doing the PR for it. And I was still sort of like, I was already doing influencing, but people didn't know that I was kind of behind the scenes on a lot of things as well. Um, and then there was a plus size brand called Catherine's and they wanted to also like just attract people. So we started doing these like epic trips. Lydia would go on those. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought Lydia as like the photographer. Um, and that was, again, it was like, you know, how do we attract people? And I was like, we need to create best day ever and like do it all over the place and just document it. And we would do these insane trips. Um, We did them once a month for two years. Oh my God. It was nuts from like Paris to Arizona to Sedona. It was wild. I remember because back then Lydia was like more full-time photographer and Mm -hmm. she shot all my blog photos and she's like, I'm going on this trip again. Yeah. And I was like, girl, your life has gotten so glamorous. She was taking these amazing trips every month and that was with you. Yeah, it was with me. I'm like putting things together now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about the move from New York to LA. What prompted it? Oh my goodness. So I've been going to New for well, going to LA for years. And at first, like every proper New Yorker, I hated it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I why is no everyone's just chilling, drinking coffee, like no one's working. Like that's that's what a lot of my friends have said. That's also how I feel in San Francisco, where I was like, Do any of you have jobs? It's true. It's true. And so I would go for like work and events. Um I it's so funny because when when I was in that freelancing space, I was doing a lot of work for Pepsi and it was in the time of the the great Bozema St. John, who I live for. Um, she was our boss because she was like, I think she was a CMO or something like that um, at the time for Multicultural at Pepsi. And we were doing all these campaigns and I was going back and forth to LA. I used to call them suicide missions because it would be like... <laughs> It'd be like, hey, you have to go to LA tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. And get a red carpet dress. And I'm like, okay. And you have to do this, this, and this. And then um, I'm like, okay, where are we staying? You're not staying. Fly right back. You know, oh what? My God. It was wild. Or like we'd be there for like 24 hours and just hit the ground running. Um, but I think that probably prompted me like not loving LA that much because I never really was experiencing anything outside of like my hotel, event, work, and um 
you know, having any sort of real fun there. Mm -hmm. And then in my recent um, travels, like I would go and I just didn't want to leave. I'd be like, oh, the weather is just so perfect. Everything is just, just a different pace. And um, I think I was at a point here where I was thinking about leaving my apartment, but you guys know how New York real estate is. Like, yeah. if you have a great, huge apartment, you just you don't never leave. leave. You never leave. And so energetically, I needed a new space. I needed a shift. I needed a life shift. And I thought if I'm going to move, I felt like I was sort of going to either pay more and be downgrading or I was like, why don't I just make the move? And I went out there for an event for Essence and my friend drove me around for three days looking at apartments. I saw one and I was like, this one. And I got it right away. It was just, it seemed very like it was meant to be. So here I am. How's it going out there so far? Good decision? Yeah, it's been a great decision. I think it needed to happen. I don't know if LA is like forever, um, but it's good for right now for sure. Yeah, especially now that it's it's winter here. Oh, yeah. You must feel good that you are oh dodging that I bullet. miss fall though i missed it pretty bad like yeah but fall is like two weeks it really True. is like all my fall coats i feel like i wore them for a minute and now i'm back in the parka 100%. you didn't miss out on anything this year yeah yeah <laughs> i feel the same i also missed fall yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fall of our of our use <laughs> because like yeah i so yeah i definitely miss fall and this is also my favorite time of year like the pre-vortex mm-hmm. mm. but i know that once i see your stories of you plowing through 30 feet of snow. (laughs) I'm going to be super happy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So one of the topics that we really want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. is confidence and body positivity. So Mm -hmm. we're recording a little early, but this is going to go live in January. And I feel like January is just kind of that mental reset that everyone's like, I need a different body. I need (laughs) need to run a marathon or, you know, do something completely different. But we wanted to talk to you about body stuff. Yeah. Because that's kind of one of your main... I think it's normal when a new year or new season is coming to have um, the, the thinking of like a mental shift to be setting goals. Um, but I think this whole like new year, new me concept is a little dangerous because you are yourself. And I think it's important to be setting and reassessing goals all the time. Um, I think I'm probably... So I guess my my view around the sort of like new year and needing a new body or weight loss is probably a little bit different than your average sort of, um, or your more common, I should say, approach to what body positivity means. Because body positivity isn't so much about, um, you know, oh, I love my body or self-love. That's not it at all, actually. It's, it's, um, It's sort of been co-opted, but it's much more about access and opportunity. You know, it's about marginalized people being treated differently in really important ways. So not just like if Grace and I are walking down the street and someone looks at me differently. It's more like when we go to the doctor, do they assess us differently, Mm -hmm. you know, and being told, like, if I say my elbow hurts because I fell and they say you need to lose weight, it's like, well, but what about the boat? Like, can you x-ray me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or saying that you have symptoms um, and the common response is, well, just lose weight. And it's like, you're not even investigating what could be wrong. And that is super common. And it's one of the reasons that heavier people avoid going to the doctor because they're constantly body shamed or, um, you know, they go and they're just not assessed properly or getting a job, you know, 
like I could be super qualified and you add the layers of like, you know, all the things that happen to a person, whether it's racism or classism or whatever, but then add to that a body thing, people, it's just, you know, so that's what it's, it started as a way of, um, you know, putting out there that, you know, advocating for people of all sizes to be treated the same. And it sort of morphed into this, like, I'm cute because I have a little roll on my belly, you know, and I love myself. <laughs> like, that's not it. Um, but when it comes to uh, the concept of, like, weight loss and things, I think, honestly, you need to do what is best for your body. I just don't believe in diet culture or societal pressure. Um, if you want to make a change and you are – um, and it's your body, then I feel like you have every right to change whatever you would like about yourself. Totally. But I think one thing that's I always think about is why do you want to change? Exactly. Yes. And I think so much of that, even just speaking from a personal place, is, you know, seeing Instagram in some ways, but also celebrity culture and... For sure. And I think that's where... I think that's where it gets dangerous, you mm-hmm. know, like making life changes. I had someone leave a comment on my YouTube recently and I, cause I made a video like the truth about my weight. And it was really just about like, um, when people, I can take three photos in the same day. You know how we do it. We do it in batches, right? Yeah. And so we take some pictures and on one of the photos, someone will say, Oh my God, you look so great. You've lost so much weight. And I'm like, these photos are on the same day. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. just the outfit. And even if I did lose weight, I think the idea of complimenting people in that way, it's not a compliment. It's you, not. You don't know someone's life. And so I think that that whole why thing is, you know, you can look at someone and if your perception of their weight loss, um, what if they're sick? Mm-hmm. What if they're depressed? What if they have a real issue that is, you know, um, and so I think for me, you know, that was the conversation I was having in the video. And she goes, okay, but you're talking about going on walks. You just drank a smoothie and you mentioned a salad. And I'm like, those are things I've done my entire life. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker. We walk around. I'm drinking a smoothie because I drink those and I like those and I make them. Um, also, I'm itching and someone told me that eggs are probably making me itchy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it was just like so stupid. I was like, this this idea that fat people don't eat salad is just like every friend that I have that is fat, we eat salads all the time, not on some like health mission or even if it was, but it's just like, it's just a normal thing to do. Yeah, and it tastes good. It, it tastes feels good. Nice. It yeah. tastes good. It's what people eat for lunch. Like, it's super normal. Um, when there was that whole big celery juice trend going on last that year. you jumped on. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm still on it. Yeah, I like Are it. Are you really? Yeah. What do you think after, how long have you done it? So there was a meme that basically <laughs> she was talking about green tea, which I actually quite like, but celery juice is the worst thing I've ever tasted. And I still do it to myself I every day. I kind of like the taste. I, I, I haven't heard of anyone who stuck with it for this long. Well, it's because um, the benefits were so visible for me. In what way? Um. So moving to California, I had the really fun pleasure of developing like skin issues because it's so dry. Oh yeah, and that happened. I lived in San Francisco and I moved to New York and the same thing happened to me. Okay, did you get like eczema? Yes. Okay, what, like how did it go away? You just got used to it? I just got used to it. I did go to a dermatologist and I got steroid cream and, you know, especially for any really bad ones because I would get it on my eyelids. Oh man. Which was so hard. Really visible versus, you know, if it's on your elbow, you're just like, oh well, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got steroid cream, which helped in a short-term way. Mm-hmm. And then I just adjusted. Yeah. So I'm in that adjustment period. And so of course I'd like, I just, 
I'm a very natural medicine first person. So I was like, how do I fix this? Like my head is itchy. My neck is itchy. I've never had this. And everyone's like, oh yeah, welcome to California. Oh my God. <laughs> the water is poisonous and it's super dry. So everyone here just, their skin freaks out. Um, So someone told me that cellar juice would help. And I completely noticed the difference when I don't drink it. And um, my family has a lot of like eye health stuff and it's super, super, super good for your eye health. So, Oh, interesting. I didn't know that about celery. So to me, it's like, it's worth the like, but the meme said she was drinking green tea and it was like, I'm drinking my green tea. And then I whisper into the cup, you better fix my whole life. You disgusting little bee. Like it's so <laughs> funny, but that's me. Every sip of the celery juice, I'm like literally having a full rage attack. Like every sip, like you better fix my life. I want to, I want 2020 vision. I want perfect skin. You better be doing your job because you are disgusting. That's it's so funny. really funny. Yeah. The reason I brought it up was because last year around this time we had Katie Storino on and mm-hmm. people were like getting mad at her for drinking celery juice. And they're like, what are you doing? Trying to lose weight, this and that. And she's like, no, I'm doing this because it's healthy and it feels good and I like it. Yeah. Like, like end of story. It's so strange. It's so strange. Like, and people don't even know. So the video I made was like, um, you don't like you don't, you know me in the sense of what I'm sharing with you, but I'm sharing stuff with you for two years. Like I've been on this planet for way more than that. You know, like you don't know the history of my life. And I was saying like, I've had some things happen. Like I've had trauma, you know, my mom passed away and this and that. I had a really bad fall. And so I've never been thin, but I was smaller. And as you kind of get through grief and you kind of get settled into yourself, you naturally get back into the things that you do, you know? And for me, it's sort of processed in a way of needing to be still um, to like keep my, my mind was still like joyful and I was still felt like myself, but I just needed to be like this a little bit, you know, like a little yeah. bit still. And normally I was like, dancing six times a week and i am been swimming since childhood. I was a competitive swimmer. And so I always swam and I wasn't doing that the last few years. And so I was like, if you notice a change, it's because I'm becoming more of myself, my, the one before you knew me, but yeah. like bringing it up to me is super triggering and I hate it. And it's not a compliment. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor. So it's a new month, and that means Book of the Month has a new set of book selections. This is literally my favorite mail every single month, my favorite email to get, and then my favorite mail. So it's like a double whammy. But if you don't already know them, Book of the Month is a monthly book subscription service. So every month they feature five new books, and you get to pick the one, or in my case, sometimes three, that you want. A lot of times the titles are early releases that you're getting on Book of the Month before you can buy them anywhere else. And I think Book of the Month does such an incredible job curating their picks. They've introduced me to so many new authors. And a lot of times I'll go a little rogue and go outside my comfort zone and pick a book that's a little bit of a wild card because I know that it's been vetted by them and that it's going to be really good. Exactly. I think they're just so thoughtful about all of the books that they choose. Like, you literally know it's going to be a good book yes. if they do it. Like, I've, like, pitched books to – we have a friend who works there, and she'll be like, mm, nope, just what didn't make the cut. And she's she, – they're very, very strict. But anyways, this month, I'm choosing as mine a book called Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. So I think, first of all, it's really cool because this book does not come out until April. So you're What? Get, yeah, you're getting it three months early. That's insane. 
Yeah. So this one is set in London in 1863. It involves a female detective whose reputation is in tatters. You know, I love a good redemption story. So this is actually a kidnapping case that lands on her desk. But the big twist here is that the kidnappee is not actually supposed to even exist. So it there's like a double mystery in here. Like why, why does this person exist? Hmm. And then also like what happened to her? So I have not read it yet, but it's the book that I chose this month. And I'm excited. I love a good Victorian mystery. So on my side, I chose Topics of Conversation by Miranda Popke, and it's a debut novel. And it sounds to me kind of like a cross between three women and the girl who never read Noam Chomsky, both of which I loved, two of my favorite books from last year. So I hadn't heard about this one before, but the description really, really grabbed me. So I'm trying something new. Oh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for both of us. But there are also three other amazing book picks to explore this month. So I'm just going to go over really quickly how it works. Um, Book of the Month is a commitment-free subscription. So if you don't find something you like, you can skip a month or pick a book from the previous month, and you can skip as many times as you want. I always want to stress that because you're not going to get like stuck picking a book that you're not excited about if you don't if nothing appeals to you. Yeah. So if you're listening to our podcast, I'm pretty sure that means you like to read. So I really think that you should give Book of the Month a try. Head to bookofthemonth.com and check out all of their January selections and use code BOP to get your first book for just $5. Again, go to bookofthemonth.com and use code BOP to get your first book for $5. It's the best. Um, So let's get back to the episode. Can we talk about confidence? Have you gone through a journey with how you felt about your body and, and kind of your confidence or have you always had like an, an innate confidence? Cause I feel like that comes off on your, all of your platforms. Um, I think that confidence is a journey for everyone. Yeah. You know, I always say like Beyonce can look in the mirror and tell you 10 things she doesn't like, you know, and so can Jennifer Aniston. And so like every woman that we, I'd look, love to see that video from Beyonce, you know, yeah. every woman that we look at in awe can tell you what she doesn't like about herself and men too. Like it's not even a gender thing. Like every person can pick themselves apart. And so I, I think, you know, anyone who pretends that confidence is just like this magic wand, it's something that we all deal with and we work through daily. But I think that key is to um, not really surrender to the negative self-talk all the time. Like it's going to be moments where we all have those moments where I'm like, ugh, you know, like for me, I'm used to clear skin. And so when my skin freaks out, I can beat myself up about it or like look at myself differently. And I have to really like automatically shift my thinking. Like, listen, this is not the end of the world. You are no less valuable. Like cut it out. It'll go away. Like, you know, just Mm -hmm. stop it. So I think it's really about talking to yourself. I think in terms of some parts of the confidence of me, I think the confidence of like who I am as a person mm-hmm. is a little bit innate. And that also, comes with age. Yeah, it comes. It's innate. It comes with age. And then it's also like how you're brought up. You know, I just was so positively reinforced by my parents, like always telling me like, you can, you can, you can. Or just there was no there wasn't any negative talk. Um, So I didn't really ever I approach life like wild and free because I just was always I just assumed I could, Mm -hmm. you know, so I wasn't really afraid to try. And I I really do credit my parents for that, specifically my mom. Um, But the rest of it is like in terms of body. Yeah, we all have to like tell ourselves every day the opposite of what images are being presented to us and what the world would have us believe. Wait, can you talk to us a little about your mirror trick? 
Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I I mentioned it in a video, and it was because I was standing there in my underwear on my YouTube channel. I love that video. And I was like, thank you so much. I don't watch YouTube, but I watch yours. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, And standing in the mirror, you could automatically go to the things you don't like. Like, I can tell you what I don't like in two seconds. I have big arms. Like, I know plenty of fat women and bigger women who don't have bigger arms. And my grandma is tiny and she has big arms. Like I was going to have bigger arms. Like it's genetic, right? My sister's like has these lean, slim arms. And I, my whole life I would be like, that just seems so convenient and easy and just effortless. Wow. Um, But instead of, so me standing in my underwear, instead of saying, okay, I would change this, I would change that. I'm like, what do I like? You know? And I started doing that a, a long time ago. And I think it, um, to be honest, I think this is so, this is hilarious. It was just a function of like, I think it was the first time I put a full length mirror in my first apartment. And, um, it was in this like position that every time I would walk out of the shower, I kind of would like see myself or when I was getting dressed, it was like such a angle that when you're standing there. And so at first I would be like, oh, if you just this, if you just that. And one day I was just like, screw that. I was just like, what do you like? And I was like, well, you're really tall. Everyone wants to be tall and you have long legs and you have long limbs and your skin is really pretty. Like, so I just was like, what if I, when I look in the mirror, just don't, say the things that I don't like. And I just have a conversation that's more friendly. And I do it not all the time anymore, but I used to do it a lot. I like that. I think it's a great trick. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to hear more about the fat at fashion week hashtag. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a total whim. Um, I was at this event with 11 Honoré, who I love and I'm obsessed with. And we were at a breakfast and it was so they throw the best parties and like everyone was in the room and it was the directors of top publishing companies and it was people from you know women's wear daily and all these like top makeup artists and marketing people it was just like the the top models it was all and they were all plus size women for the most part and I remember um, this because it was this whole conversation happening about how like um, women of color and, and fat women aren't at Fashion Week. And that's why street styles photographers aren't shooting them. Lindsay Peoples Wagner from um, now she's the editor in chief of Teen, Teen Vogue, but she was at um, uh, New York Magazine and she wrote an article. And so it was in that same time where um, that discussion was happening. And I was just looking around the room and I was like, this is like the creme de la creme and not just of like fat people, like of fashion. There are like, these people would all be invited to something magnificent. How can they say no fat people are at fashion week? And so when I left the breakfast, I, Nicolette took my picture for me and we were like trading pics. So we were taking each other's pictures for IG. And I just happened to write fat at fashion week on there because I was like, yeah, we, we exist. And so um, when I was online at the Chromat show, my friend Lauren, who formerly worked at Glamour, she's like, I'm obsessed with this hashtag, whatever. We love Lauren. She was just yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, Lauren she's Chan, great. she's the best. Oh, she's the best human. So she was like, I'm obsessed. And another friend of hers, Anna Cologne, um, who- Oh, I love Anna. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So she was at, um, joined us in the line and she said, 
um, oh, you have to tell her about your hashtag, whatever. And I mentioned it. She's like, I have to write about this. So Glamour picked it up first. Thank you, Glamour. And That's it what went viral. Anna wrote about me with the Amazon nightgown. And that was oh, my viral moment. Oh, I love it. We all owe so much to Anna. We owe so much to Miss <laughs> Cologne. We love it. Um, she's such a doll. But yeah, so Glamour picked it up and it literally went all over the world. And then other people started picking it up. And that was um, two seasons ago. And so then last season I ended up writing for Teen Vogue and just sort of capturing my week and going all around and talking, you know, just sort of like keeping the hashtag going. And it's something that I'm going to definitely be building out more and more. That's really, yeah. really cool. Thank you. Um, okay. Something I want to talk about that like I'm a little bit ashamed about is something you've taught me is the connotation around the word fat. Yes. So I've always been like, oh, don't say that word. Like if if you're fat friend, I, I still I still like don't want to say it. Like, but if your fat friend on, says, yeah. um, no, I'm fat, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, there's this whole negative connotation around the word. One hundred percent. And I think you've definitely you and Lydia have both taught me like don't use that like it's a bad word. It's mm-hmm. just a word. It's just a, a description. One hundred percent. And I think it just depends on your audience, right? I'm comfortable with the word fat. You know that. So if yeah. you said something um, to me in a very general way, the same way I'm five foot ten, if you were referring to me being tall or having curly hair, I would take no offense because. Um, it's not weaponized, right? And I yeah. think that we all grow up with the word fat being something derogatory. And it's like, I mean, you could be a drug addict, but being fat is worse, you know? Like, that's just how we grow up thinking, you know, like being fat's the worst thing you could be, you know? And that's not true, obviously. You are no less um, worthy of a human. And so when you look at it, you know, in a way of, like, I don't know, almost, I guess it's about taking ownership of the word and having it be a descriptor um, in terms of body type. The same way that I, you know, if you were saying like, oh, you know, this girl, um, I don't know, she's like five, five or something. She's blonde, she's slim or whatever. You wouldn't really think anything about that. And so I think it's really, some people aren't comfortable with the word though. And it's because they've had it hurled at them so much, or they just haven't, they're just not in the place where they're, it's something that they want to be called. And I think it's a complete personal choice. Okay. But so I wouldn't just say it to someone who you don't know <laughs> is 100% comfortable with the word because they're going to, th- you don't know how they have had that word used against them in a way, you know? Um, but when you're, when someone says something, 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 oh, I'm fat and you say, no, you're not, it's implying that that was bad. Like, no, you're not. And it's like, well, yes, I, I am and that's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? I think our reflexes be like, no, you're pretty. It's like, I didn't say I wasn't pretty. I said I'm fat. They're not you know, fat and yeah. ugly are not synonyms, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's just really a personal choice. I know tons of women who are comfortable with the word and I know a lot of women who are not. So it's, you know, it's up to the person. You kind of have to know your audience. But I think if you don't know, you don't need to call someone fat. But I think the for if you are thin and you have a friend who is bigger or a sibling or cousin or whatever, um, or your mate, if they say something like in jest, you know, or in trying things on like, oh, you know, hashtag that, haha, you know, like, and you say, no, you're not, then you're making it negative and they weren't, they weren't being negative. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like I say stuff about me being tall all the time because I feel like 
me folding my body in half in the back of certain Ubers, it's like the joke of all my friends. Like, cause I, I get in, I, before I even get in, I'm like, you push the chair up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, my legs are like three feet long. They're, they're on, on their own. Like, you know, so, and if someone, if I'm like, oh yeah, I'm tall, can, you know, or, you know, I can't, can you can't reach this? And you go, you're not tall. It's like, you wouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a descriptor. It's just a descriptor. And it doesn't have to be something that we allow people to weaponize. Do you think that the fat at fashion week help, hashtag helped to kind of remove that? Cause you have all these gorgeous women posting using this. I think it was out of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was that I'm sure it helps people um, in the, in the newer space, but it's something that has been happening, um, you know, from a very early time, like Gabby's original blog was called young fat and fabulous, you know, and um, I think a lot of us were using the word fat in our blog names because, to really make people feel seen and to make it not feel like something bad. Because if I use the word fat and you, you know, look up to me or like me, if someone called you fat in your school or at your job, it might sting a little less because it's a word you're used to hearing and it's, it's t- attached to someone that you look up to and you think is attractive and cool or whatever the case may be. Like that's what makes me feel good about it. Um, because, you know, it's all, and it's almost like, imagine like, I don't know, some like, I don't know, some like frat boy or something walking down the street and goes, Hey, you're fat. I would think my automatic response would be like, okay, like, yeah, yeah like, so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus like to be, let that be a something that could cause a wound. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned in this kind of talking about family and I think that that's, well, okay. So the one person wrote, do you have any advice or tips for staying positive and confident around fat phobic family members? But I think even if you're comfortable with the word fat, oftentimes people close to you are not. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? I think if they're not listening to this podcast and hearing yeah. this conversation. If you haven't heard it. Um, I think, like I said, it's really about audience. If I have a friend who's not comfortable being called fat, I would never call them fat. Um, I wouldn't, I'm still going to refer to myself as such because it's, I don't even think about it, I guess. Or what do I don't even know what to say? Like chubby, but, like, you but know. But what if somebody matter. else is, in, in this case, in your in your family, maybe mm-hmm. not your family, but yeah. in a fictional family, yeah. is not comfortable with the word fat and, and you know, using it in a negative way towards you. Yeah. So basically, if you are in a situation where friends or family members are body shaming you, I think that's more the question is like, yeah. And, you know, with, with Thanksgiving's coming, well, it's it's January. So, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JK, it's January. Um I think if you're in a situation and you're at family events and you're or you're interacting with family members who are negative about your body, I think it's really easy to be hurt because there are certain there are people who in this world could say anything to me and I would not give a flying you know what. But certain people could cut me so deep and it would definitely be like my sister or my mom, my dad, you know, like the people. Mm -hmm. So when that's happening, I think it's super natural to feel um, upset, but you have to take ownership of your feelings. And you also have to take a little bit of ownership in like what we allow people to do, because I feel like people only do to you what you let them 
they may try it once, but once you like get people together, you know, even if it's in a very gentle and loving way, like touch on the hand, like, here's what I need you to understand. When you say that, it hurts my feelings. It is not helpful. You are not going to make me lose weight this way. It only will put a wedge in our relationship and everything that you think you love about me, like you're erasing that love from this end. So like, let's not do that. Oh, grab a notebook. That's that's like, like a good line. You literally have to like teach them how to deal with you. And I mean, it could be hard if you're afraid to of confrontation or you're afraid to do it, then I think it's really just deciding what's more valuable to you, like letting someone make you feel bad or just having like what could be an awkward conversation. But that awkward conversation, maybe they don't know that they're hurting your feelings because I think if it's a family member, I think people generally think, oh, well, if we just keep bringing it up, she'll lose the weight, you know? And it's like, that has never, ever worked. Google it. Like, it's never worked. (laughs) No person has been like, yeah, you know, my aunt, she really wrote me about this and it helped me. Like, that's not a thing, you know? Or it's nothing that's going to stick and it's certainly not healthy. You don't want to, like, mentally abuse a person into changing. Um, But if you just, I think my my earnest uh, suggestion would just be to have just a really like calm, collected conversation and just say like, you're actually hurting my feelings. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel good about you. So, you know, if you love me, like this isn't it. I mean, that would be what I would say. That's great advice. Um, Okay. So switching gears slightly from that, we love your other Instagram, which is for those of you listening, it's the same name as Kelly's blog and I get dressed. So we've talked about that here. Um, It was one of our Instagram obsessions a while back, but we wanted to talk about this because it's great. It shows just stylish women, every single size, Mm -hmm. fat, thin, in between everyone, but the outfits are always like great. So we wanted to just, I wanted to hear what made you start that Instagram account And also, how do you choose the woman that you feature there? Ooh, okay. Um, I really love this account, and I'm trying to be a lot more diligent about (laughs) updating it. Um, So I started it because um, as I started posting my own outfits, I would see like these certain pages that do repost of outfits. And they would always be super segregated. I felt like the sort of quote unquote mainstream accounts would never feature plus size people at first. Um, like it was my life's mission. Like I was so obsessed with like who I wear when it first launched. Yes. And I was like, they don't ever feature plus size people. Like I have to be on the site. Like I just loved it. And um, so I would see accounts like that or an, and then I would see like um, black girls killing it, you know, so it was segregated by that because it, it needed to fill a niche. I feel like the, the accounts would be just the sort of large um mainstream, i.e. white, thin um, accounts where, you know, they would feature people who all look the same in terms of body size and and race and all that. And then, you know, people started filling in gaps. So they felt like there would be an account featuring just plus size women because we weren't getting featured or there would be an account featuring black women or Latin women or Asian women or whatever the case. And um, I was just like, what if there, what if style was just style? Like, what if there was, like, I want to start featuring people because I always envisioned and I get dressed as community and not just about me. And I didn't want to feature, um, you know, only plus size women. I didn't want to feature only thin women. I mean, I certainly lean a little bit, um, more toward marginalized people, but like, I love, 
so many of my friends who are thin outfits, like would I not feature them on that page or other women who I look up to? There's so many stylish women who are not bigger that I follow. So I just wanted a page where it wasn't segregated by color, size, anything. It was just a place that I wanted a place where you could just scroll. Mm-hmm. scroll and scroll and scroll and just be inspired. And whether it was wanting to see people who look like you looking really fly and fresh or wanting to get outfit ideas. I wanted women to pick it up, honestly, like getting dressed to go to work and be like, what should I wear today? And like just wanting to try a color combination mm-hmm. or like, you know, just curious about, or even just wanting to see really beautiful images, editorial images of all sorts of women saying like, all right, I'm going to take pictures this weekend for fun with my boyfriend or with, you know, my kid or whatever, or just by myself. Like, what does a cool picture look like? I just wanted it to be inspo. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. So is it all just curated from your point of view? It's completely yeah. curated from my point of view. It's what I think is cool. It's what I think is um, a really pretty image. Um, it used to be like outfit focus and now mm-hmm. I'll add in like beauty images or just cool editorial shots. I add in a little bit of celebrity here and there. Um, but it's something that I'm going to spend a lot like 2020 focusing on, to be honest. Um, growing that community as I'm, um, you know, adding more to my blog than just me and really just trying to build out community. So. Well, wait, speaking of 2020 goals, you told us before we started recording that you're also starting a podcast. I want to hear about that. I'm so excited. I'm starting it with my very good friend, Miss Alex LaRosa. Um, She is such a gem and it's called Body Party. So look for us. I hope we link to it or something. Uh, You guys definitely feel free to check it out. We're going to talk about fashion. We're going to talk about um, personal style. We're going to talk about confidence. We're going to talk about body, just all the things related to being us. So it's it's going to be fun. Let's take another sponsor break. Okay, so we want to tell you more about the Night Pillow. So this is one of our all-time favorite products. So if you're new here and you haven't heard us talk about it yet, the Night Pillow is a memory foam pillow with a silk pillowcase. So the memory foam shapes to your head without becoming a pillow pancake midway through the night. And then the silk case is really great for your skin and your hair. So I've been using my night pillow for four years now, and I I cannot imagine sleeping without it. I have struggled with insomnia my whole life, and this pillow is a real game changer. I can't explain it, but I just sleep better using this pillow. Um, it's better than any pillow I've ever tried. I also love that the silk case helps me get more mileage out of a blowout. So it's a new year, and I feel like a lot of us are slowing down and getting back into healthy routines. And as someone who is a generally sleepy person, I need like eight or nine hours a night. Same. I feel like sleep is the most important part of your routine. So think of it this way. You spend a third of your life asleep, so you should have a really great pillow. Yet for so many people, I feel like their pillow is an afterthought and they're using like some old grody pillow that they've had for forever. I mean, I get it. So this pillow is a little more expensive than what you might usually spend, but you're going to use it every single night. And something that I always like to tell my friends when they're debating ordering it is that they have an amazing return policy. So I feel like a pillow is something you really do have to try for yourself. But Knight is so confident that you're going to love it that they actually have a 100 nights guarantee. So you can try the pillow up to 100 nights. And if you don't like it, you can return it with no questions asked. And if you're already a Night Pillow convert, I'll also mention that Night has so many amazing new products they introduced over the past few months. They have new color pillowcases. They have their travel pillow, which is amazing. And they have their silk scrunchies, which I've become 
oddly obsessed with. I'm wearing one right now. I always have one on me. Yeah. I got a blow earlier this week and the scrunchie doesn't dent my ponytail. So I'll wear it to the gym. I'll wear it lounging around the it's house. The best. I don't wear my scrunchies out of the house. Do you? Um, I have a couple times. I'll okay. run, I'll use them to run errands. I, we both had them when we were in Harbor Island. Yes. Oh, it was great in Harbor Island because like I feel like my hair gets so brittle from like the salt and like the sun and I felt I want something really gentle. Yeah. So anyways, scrunchie talk aside, we have a discount code for you. So if you want to try the night pillow or any of their products, scrunchies, sheet masks, travel pillows, head to discovernight.com and enter code BOP20 at checkout for 20% off. So again, that's 20% off at discovernight.com with code BOP20. Back to the episode. What else is on your docket for 2020? I'm curious how you're thinking about your goals of what you want for your career and your life. Yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to one settle into LA. I moved there and I feel like I've been so busy. I don't even have a routine yet. So building a little bit of like life there. Um definitely going to be um um doing the podcast and my I'm getting my website redone. So it should be redone by by now. Um and I'm gonna be doing a lot more blogging, getting back to just like writing and I think we're gonna be producing some fun events. So there's lots to look forward to. Very cool. Yeah. That made it sound like it's the end, but it's not because we also have a bunch of fashion and beauty questions. I'm for ready. You. I'm so you're ready. ready. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us what your favorite beauty products are right now? Oh my goodness, there's so many. Um, what I, are the ones that people might not know about? Okay, so I'm really into the like multi-step routine. Like the full Korean, like full, 11 step. Full blown, I'm, I'm okay. in. And one of my favorite products that a lot of people probably don't use, which is an essence. Mm-hmm. And I use the one from Basha. It's like this hydrating sake essence. I legitimately notice a difference of when I put my products on with and without it. It really does help everything absorb into my skin so nicely. Um, I'm also like a huge sunscreen person. And I know that um, specifically people who have melanin just are like, I'm good. You're actually not. And you need sunscreen. So I love the Invisibler from Amaraid because a lot of um, sunscreen when it has zinc or whatever the white stuff is, it makes a white cast on yeah, brown it's really skin. Chalky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and on me, it looks like you just. It looks like I put on your foundation. It looks yeah. crazy. But even um, the feel of it, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, it, and the smell, it's yeah, just, it's, it's it's bad. Yeah, but this one is clear. Okay, um, and it completely blurs. It's almost it's like a primer. Clear? It's actually clear. Oh, it yeah, goes on like invisible. I've, I've been burned by ones that say they're clear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try no, that. No, no, it's fantastic. Okay. It's fantastic. And it completely blurs your pores like it's wild. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know what's in there. Some sort of witchcraft. It works really well. Oh, I love that. Um, and, um, oh, and then I, I'm obsessed with like everything from Necessaire right now. Oh, yes. It's the best lotion. People think like, why do you care about lotion so much? And it's like. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Like, I also love, so. Becca always makes fun of me because I love body wash. Like, I love it. Me too. It's not that you love body wash. It's how many different body washes you have. Like, you're I just a body moves. wash Same. enthusiast. I have, like, usually, like, five in A body shop. wash enthusiast. I am. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I love it. There was a point in the podcast very early on where we talk about our obsessions every week. And for probably a five-week stretch, every one of Grace's was a body wash. I love it. <laughs> Grace, I support this. The eucalyptus body wash. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. The sandalwood, too, though. The oh, sandalwood nice. is very 
oh, it's dreamy. It just reminds me. It's like I haven't really smelled anything that smells quite like it because it's sandalwood, but it's like it's muted almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's excellent. Oh, interesting. I'll have to try that. I usually use unscented lotion because I can't stand when well, something the lotion is isn't too... scented. It's the body wash. That oh, has the body the... wash. So yeah. the, the lotion is fragrance free and they also have okay. like a new hyaluronic acid, which I've been drowning oh, I haven't my tried whole body that. in. Get it. Okay. It's so good. Maybe, well, this isn't helpful, but maybe Black Friday will be my purchase. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'm like deeply committed to the NARS Power Matte Lipsticks, like, because I don't know if it's... Is that the liquid lipstick? Yeah. Okay. I don't... That's too drying for me. So I put a little layer. They have um, like a like a lip balm. Mm-hmm. I'll do that sometimes. I don't always need it, but... Because I don't know if it's because my lips are full or I have an overbite. Like, I don't know what it is, but when I wear creamy lipstick, the minute I smile, it's all over my teeth. Oh, oh interesting. And like always. And I have videos in my early YouTube, <laughs> me putting lipstick on and doing the video and looking, and I'm like, oh my God, and editing lipsticks on my teeth for 90% of the oh video. My God. Wow. That's One time I just left it and I was just like, I think I titled it, This Video is a Disaster. Have fun. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't refilm this. Welcome, trolls. Welcome to my teeth covered in red. So, but I, that's why I love it because it does not move. Oh, interesting. And it doesn't like get crusty either. Okay. I was going to ask you going back to skincare, is there something that everyone is like hyped about that you think is like really worth the hype? Because that's also what I want to know. Ooh. Um, I feel like people are really into Sunday Fridays right now or no, so, so summer Sunday. Fridays. Summer Fridays. Like I always come from Sunday, Sunday Riley, Riley. <laughs> and Summer Fridays. Yeah. Yikes. I love both actually. People are really into Summer Fridays and I'm here for it. Like yeah. the masks are as good as everyone is saying. You know what? In the winter, because I have such dry skin in the winter, I actually use the jet lag mask as Found as um, moisturizer sometimes. I just leave it it's on. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. No need to take it off. Yeah. I sleep with that on. But I don't feel like if I, some masks, I feel like if you left it on, it would clog your pores. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, just it never doesn't. take it off. Oh, wait. That's such a good tip. I'm going to try that. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend who also uses it as primer. She says it works really well. I'm shocked. Sorry, podcast. That was my shocked face. You didn't see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. just such a deep moisture. So it gives you just kind of like an even... Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Palette for makeup. Wow. It's really good. Okay. Noted. Wait, I want to switch gears a little bit to styling tips because mm-hmm. Kelly, when we, I saw you during fashion week at the Stitch Fix event mm-hmm. and it, it, this probably sounds so simple and basic too, but you had on that, the blue leopard skirt mm-hmm. and I forget what top, but then you were wearing white sneakers mm-hmm. and I was like, first of all, you were so much more comfortable than me because I was in high heels and I was just like, I need white sneakers. And I'm actually wearing them right now. I didn't plan it, but I ended up going and buying my white Vince sneakers because of you. I love that. So like, what are some items that like somebody who's like kind of basic, like AKA me could just like (laughs) add to their wardrobe to just like add like a little bit of style? Because whenever I wear my white sneakers, I feel so much cooler. Yeah. And I don't think you're basic. I think you're just classic, you know? Yeah. Classic. There's... I like a little... A little... A little twist. Yeah. But for somebody who maybe doesn't experiment as much. Um, I would say... I also don't mean. think basic's a bad word. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just basic. It's fine. I no, like it. I, I feel that. I feel that. I think, um, what would I say? Add. I think honestly, fashion is really just about having fun, and it's, it's. I guess it's hard, just depending on like how seriously you take yourself. You know, I love to joke around. Like, I dress like a toddler, and like I'm just here for it. My favorite thing is to see, especially New York kids, just. Walking I love your sweatsuit right now. Oh, thanks. Yeah. This is my. I'm traveling today. Comf. Who look. makes it? This is from ASOS. It's just oh, it's so two cute. similar pieces, and I'm wearing like a tonal coat so that it. it mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a vibe. Um, 
What do people need? I don't know. I think things that I can't live without, I love a white sneaker. I actually had someone troll me recently. Um, she said, um, they someone had commented, Oh my god, Kelly, I love this dress you're wearing. What like what should I wear with it? And someone commented, She's gonna wear those goofy white sneakers she always wears with everything. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, nailed it. Like that's that's a great idea. I think it's fun to have signatures. We all have our signatures, you know, like you love stripes, like mm-hmm. I love a white sneaker. Um, and I'm also like, also like, um, Adam from Oprah, the creative director, like told me my sneakers were so chic. So like, yeah, bite that one. Um, <laughs> but sorry, but, um, yeah, so I love a white sneaker. My faves are like the Nike Air Force one. It's super classic, but it's also, it gives you that like cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Stan Smith's from Adidas. Um, I like really classic white sneakers, not too fussy because they mm-hmm. do tend to go with like everything. If you want like a clunky one or if you want more like of a sleek one or like a van or something where you like slip on. Um, I have to have sli- slip ons. If, if my shoes love- are lace up, I won't wear them. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. It's so it's I'm so lazy. No, like I also love that. like over the knee boots, I buy them and I'm like, I'm gonna wear this. And then I won't wear it because it has to just like pull on really it's quickly. It's too much. Yeah. I love that about you. <laughs> it's, I'm so lazy. Fun facts. So those are those are my favorite. Um yeah, I mean, I think it's just about having fun and wearing honestly whatever the heck you really want to wear. And you know, people say like you can't pull something off. It's like pulling it off is putting it on, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you literally, if you don't ever just try you won't know what you actually like i think that's why rent the runway is so fun i'm really into that because sometimes i won't want to spend the money to buy something Mm -hmm. but i'll rent all kind of kinds of crazy shit that i probably wouldn't have worn otherwise yeah same i I love that i love that i wish shade would do better for plus because like i would i would totally play around it's also a great way to like get introduced to designers that you may not know or you might find your like perfect fitting pair of jeans because you you know, pulled 20 of them and you, there was no risk, you yeah, know? Yeah. Have you tried any of the plus ones? Do you recommend any of them like um, Winnie B or? I I've tried a couple. Um, I think Stitch Fix honestly is the best one mm-hmm. because they haven't ever really sent me a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've yeah. gotten boxes where I'm like, whose grandma is this for? <laughs> I don't even understand. <laughs> like, and you fill out a style profile and they're they're trying to be specific, but I guess, I don't know. I think Stitch Fix is the best one that I've tried because it actually has come with things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And even though I've done like full disclosure, I've done a lot of partnerships with them. I've done partnerships with a bunch of them. And that's the only one that I actually generally like everything mm-hmm. or like almost all of it. And I've discovered new brands. Like I'm obsessed with Beyond Yoga. I found them because they were in my box. I didn't even know they had plus. I so, didn't know they were inclusive. That's great. Yeah. I they love go to them. a 3X and they fit me so, so, so well. Um, oh, I've never tried their Yeah, their They're pants. so soft. They're like so soft. The leggings feel like I don't know, like cashmere. Like I like mm-hmm. to sleep on them in a plane. Like if I have a red eye. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, you the can bra, also wear them to yoga. <laughs> yeah. The bra is so comfortable too. And it's weirdly like expansive because I have friends. Ooh. We both are in the 3X and their chest might be smaller than mine. And we and it looks perfect on both. It's weird. It's oh, I'm like, in the market for new sports bras. I'm going to yeah. look into that. I've never yeah. tried their – oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to open love, up a tab. That's yeah. why I liked, you know <laughs> – having the experience and then I've tried like some of the Nike stuff because of them, which I may not have like purchased. Um, and I've, I have the best zip up of my life and that was cool. I got a cool pair of jeans that I actually like still wear. So yeah. Um, I'm personally, I think I'm like just quirky, I guess. And like super like style forward. So I don't generally like other people dressing me unless it's like, you know, I used to love when like Amanda from Man Repeller would like pulls for me. Cause I'd be mm. like, <laughs> 
pull me all the craziness. I want to wear it all at once. And she, and she, you know, like that. But um, in terms of just like your basic stuff, because my problem is, do I own everything nuts? Yes. Everything that is for an occasion? Yes. Do I own this sweatsuit? I would have not. <laughs> like, I just like, do I own a t shirt? I'm like, can't get dressed to like go chill because I don't yeah. have anything chill. <laughs> so that was like, that really did help me, like, you know, start. Well, those thinking. are the less fun things to buy. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. even think about them. I know. Like socks. I'm the worst. Oh, interesting. I always ask for socks for Christmas because I never like want to buy them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Never. I finally found a plain t shirt that I like because I, I don't own any t shirts. I own sweaters, but then in the, like Summer, warmer like, months, I don't have yeah. any. But I, what T-shirt is it? It's from Old Navy. I love Old Navy. <laughs> it's their like boyfriend one. It, okay, I think like the, that perfect relaxed kind of T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's great. It washes well too. Because sometimes I feel like with T-shirts, they're really great, and then you wash them once, and you're like, oh, this fits completely differently now. Yeah, like this is not the same shirt. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I I, I too don't buy socks. It's a it's a known <laughs> thing in my family. Like I'm notorious for taking socks. My dad and my sister bring it up. Like socks from years past that I've stolen. I'm the queen of stealing your socks. Um, and I just won't buy them. And I don't know what, what that's about. I should talk to my therapist about it. Therapist about it. Hmm. Cause I like won't buy myself socks. Hmm. Okay. But well, now we know what jumper. To, now we know what that. to get you as a, yeah, as a present. I'm also yeah. good at collecting them now a little bit. I was, my sister was with me in LA and I went to a mall and I bought a pair of socks and she was so offended. She's like, did you buy one pair of socks i'm like well this one had this had a set of pink stripe on it so i got this one <laughs> that's amazing so bad what about accessories so outside of your white sneaker do you have any like signature favorite accessories um yeah i'm generally like uh, a gold hoop girl i love okay. a, i love a hoop earring um i re-pierced my ears so i can't how many holes do you have, oh, you have, oh, you have, a have like 10 yeah oh yeah, yeah. i have lots so I'm waiting for the first hole to heal again mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can put the hoops back in. Um, I love a good – and I really like hair accessories. They're so fun anymore. Like the – I'm very into hair accessories too yeah. now. I feel like you can get good ones on Amazon, which I like. 100%. You don't have yeah. to spend a ton a of money. A ton of money, mm-hmm. for sure. It's part of our regression fashion. You know, we're all dressed mm-hmm. like, you know, our favorite – moment in life third grade because you know it's the new the world self-care. is too hard exactly <laughs> yeah. the world is too hard i'm wearing my fifth grade outfit <laughs> yeah for sure um and then i also really love a good like luxury handbag mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. to close a listener asked a question we thought it was the perfect way to end so with regard to your work and influence what are you most proud of oh my i don't even know how to answer that um i think honestly i've done um, some really, I've gotten to do a lot of really cool things in my life that were all sort of like self-serving, whether they gave you a cool opportunity or made you money or something. But I think honestly, the most, the thing to be most proud of is the community that I've been able to build because women from all walks of life, like whether it's some CMO from a huge company to some girl in high school can come up to me and say like, hey, I love what you're doing or I'm excited for this. It's really when you are able to connect with people and through you just being yourself and living your life like out loud and unafraid or unashamed that people can take any bit of confidence um, or see any reflection in themselves. Um, that makes me the most proud. You know, if someone says to me like, oh, I 
you know, I like or love you for this or that or whatever. I just tell everyone who follows me, like anything beautiful or good you see in me, you can see in yourself. And so that I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. I love that. Yeah. Kelly, before we let you go, you've earned your very own desperation minute. Oh, my gosh. Can you please tell people where they can find you and follow you on the internet and anything that you want to plug? Okay. Desperation minute. Here we go. Um, You can find me on Instagram. It's me, Kelly B. And that's K-E-L-L-I-E-B. My parents decided to confuse the world uh, with the I-E instead of a Y. Um, My YouTube is And I Get Dressed. And my blog is andigetdressed.com. My podcast is called Body Party. Go follow her everywhere. Yeah. And listen to her podcast. Yeah. Kelly, you've been the best guest. Oh, my gosh. You guys are amazing. This was so fun. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. All right, Grace. Should we have a little more us time? Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? So this is such a good tie-in because we recorded with Kelly a couple of weeks ago when she was in New York, and she recommended the Beyond Yoga clothes. And so on Black Friday, I ordered a pair of Beyond Yoga leggings because my friend Rachel, who I was with, is also a fan. Oh, I love them too. I didn't realize. So I got their like space dye leggings. Like the gray ones? No, the ones that I got are like three tones. So the top is black, and then there's a navy stripe, and then they're gray on the bottom. Oh, I have just plain old gray space dyed. And I, well, so okay, so here's where I'm at with them because I'm a very devoted Lululemon oh, I legging like Lululemon. person for working out. Okay, and so these are the softest workout leggings I've ever experienced. They're so soft. I always fly in mine. Yeah, they're so comfy. They're not flattering. Like, I feel like the Lululemon ones kind of, like, hold you in and it, like, gives you a nice line and I feel like they're flattering. These oh. are not flattering, but I basically have not taken them off all week at home. I, like, they're my at-home uniform right now. They're so comfy. I think they are flattering. That's funny that you say that. Mm-mm. Maybe because I have the dark gray ones. I don't know. The top of mine are black, though, so. Oh, I don't know. I love them. Yeah. Um. Great house pants. Yes. What is yours? Um, so mine is something you gave me that we talked about. We talked we talked about it earlier in the episode. Um, is my Fleur de Oranger body wash that you gave me. It smells so good. Is I this keep an- reaching for the bottle and, and smelling it. I can verify that. Is this an I love lamp situation where you didn't have an obsession, so you picked the thing that no, was in your line of vision? I I p- wrote this in our notes before. You did? Oh wait, no, I didn't. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> what happened was I wasn't prepared that we were going to talk about Light Bright earlier. And then, yeah. So I'm sorry. But I did have another obsession. And I can't remember what it was. And then so I picked this. I had something. Liar. I'm a liar. Oh, I'm obsessed with my winter parka because I'm fucking cold all the time. Are you naming been... other things that are in your line of vision? Yeah, I am this time. It's right there. It's from I know, I see it. That's where mine's from. It's so comfy and also very warm. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. What about on Instagram? Don't lie. Mine is, oh, you're going to love this one. It's called The Last Line LA. Oh, the earrings? Um, I don't know about the earrings, but um, Nicolette Mason talked about them in a, sto- in a story, and everything is like amazing fine jewelry, but it's so bright and vibrant. So they do like diamond cigar bands, and like th- they'll have like a classic – clear diamond one but they do all these different cool colors they have like these really this really fun heart 
ring. Like it looks like an engagement ring almost, but it's a blue topaz and it's shaped like a heart. There's so many fun things on there. This is where, do you remember when we were in Harbor Island and Katie was saying that she just got all new earrings for herself for her birthday? They're all from the last line. Oh, I didn't even put that two and two together. I think so. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm like 99% sure. Their stuff is so fun. It's all just like really, really pretty and fun. I love it all. I want everything Mm. on their site. I am mad at you for putting this on my radar. Yeah, I'm mad at Nicolette for putting this on my radar. I did not need to know about this. And like for fine jewelry, it's very reasonably priced. Yeah, but like do I need rainbow hoops that are $445? Like no, I don't. But do I want them? Yes. Like do I need 10 turquoise necklaces to layer? Probably. Yeah, probably not. But I'm – I. You guys, like, everything is so pretty, and it's all rainbowy. Yeah, this is really cute. I've really wanted a rainbow eternity band. Maybe I'll get that. It's so fun. Oh, Grace, I really don't like you right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, the rainbow stuff is really fun. And if you guys are listening to this and you're like, oh, but that's too expensive, check out Local Eclectic because they have similar stuff, but it's it's not fine jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, So mine is – a weird one. So it's this man and his handle is the rookie hooker. Okay. Which sounds dirtier than it is. Okay. So he is this Nigerian man who is a knit a knitter and crocheter. Oh, and he's hooking. Okay. Everything he makes is gorgeous. But I found oh. him because if you've been following me on Instagram, I'm making a sweater. And he also made the same sweater. I don't know, like a few weeks ago. So I found him through the hashtag. He's way better than me. Um, I found him through the hashtag of my sweater, and I'm obsessed with him. And he, what? Yeah, that's my sweater. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's how I found him. Instagram? Is there a Instagram community? There is an Instagram community. Oh, that's funny. I see. I like him, and I feel like I'm going to make some enemies right now. But I feel like a lot of the Instagram community is not very. style forward knitting and i feel like this guy i'm like oh yeah you're like this is all like really fucking chic Mm -hmm. like he made this blue ombre um sweater and he's gonna release the pattern for it and i really want to make this i don't know if i would say that's chic but i think it's really cute (laughs) it's just really bright i think it's so like a tie-dye version of the barefoot dreams cardigan yeah i think it's super cute it's gonna be a lot of work anyway I'm really into him. I like his hats that he does. I want you to make me one of his hats. I made you a hat already. Where where is that? I don't know. I threw it out. Just kidding. Now I have it. Grace. Last year you did. I haven't gotten out of all my winter things. Me either, actually. They're like all somewhere in a bin. What about on the reading front? Okay. So on the reading front, because we're recording in in advance, I am just going to tell you all the books that I'm planning to read while I'm home for Christmas and New Year's because – I already talked about what I'm reading last week. Um, So I'm reading Impeachment by John Meacham, which my dad gave me and has been basically like hounding me to read every day, which I've been slacking because it's nonfiction and I want to just read like fun brain candy books. But Mm -hmm. I'm really committing to getting through this one. I want to read Little Weirds by Jenny Slate. I absolutely love her and I think her book's going to be really fun. I got sent an advanced copy of a thriller which comes out 
mid-February. It's called The Tenant by Katrine Engberg. So that's very high up on my list. And then lastly, Carly will be happy to hear this. I'm finally going to read Quiet by Susan Cain, which is a book about introverts. And she was she just, she she's just constantly like, you need to read it. You need to read it. So that's it's like a lot of books and it's a lot of nonfiction, actually. Yeah, I was going to say you have a much more serious reading Apparently. slate than I do for I think I'm less, I'm less stressed about work, so I'm like, oh, I'm ready to move on to like not something brain candy. Oh, I'm ready for a lot of brain candy. I think I might start A Court of Thorns and Roses, the Sarah J. Moss's other series. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so on my side, I started this book called Reputation by Sarah Shepard. And she's the author of Pretty Little Liars, oh, which I didn't read and I didn't watch the series, but I know. Hitha loves this book, right? Yeah. So I saw it on Hitha's Instagram story. She loved it. And it's basically about um, an email hacking scandal at a liberal arts college. And like they, the emails all get posted to a public server and everyone's secrets come out. Ugh. And I was kind of meh on it for the first like 50 pages. And then it really turned a corner and now I'm super into it. Okay. There's also a murder if that piques your, piques your interest. Love a murder. Obviously. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. But I'm also excited to read a lot of like total brain candy over the break. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind and, and switch back to brain candy, but I'm ready to read some smart books. And if you are looking for something to read, you being the listener, not you being Grace, um, our January book club pick is Good Girls Lie by J.T. Ellison. So this is a really twisty thriller. It's it, so fun. It just came out in December. It's about a murder or multiple murders that take place at an very prestigious all-girls prep school. And this is a Grace Atwood special. Mm -hmm. I mean, a boarding school school murder with unsupervised rich teenagers is – this is my genre. But it is so twisty. It's like triple twisty. There was a lot of things that happened that I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So if you would like to treat yourself to a murder, this may be the one. Treat yourself and watch this book. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.